Hello and welcome to the Incredible Witness Podcast. Today's episode is called Persuasion. Being able to influence others in one direction or another, or to persuade them to follow a course of action, is a key skill to develop. This skill comes in very handy throughout life generally, but is specifically useful when giving evidence in court and arguing your case during cross-examination. But what are the best ways to influence or persuade the judge that your views, actions or arguments are sound and to be preferred to anyone else's? One of the best ways to influence a judge is to think like a judge. Okay, that sounds kind of sensible, but how would you do that if you're not a judge and have no experience of being a judge? Hmm, let's think about that for a moment. The judge generally has a way of looking at the evidence objectively from a higher higher viewpoint. They're not looking at the evidence from the angle of being on the ground. They're looking at at it from a higher vantage point. This means that they can see things the other parties cannot. From their vantage point, they can see clearly what's in the child's best interests. They can see through all all of the different different and conflicting arguments, listening acutely throughout all the noise and focus specifically on the needs of the child. Your capacity to see things clearly from the child's viewpoint, currently and in the long term, will be invaluable here. The more you can present your evidence consistent with the child's well-being and well-argued in in line with events and evidence in the case, the greater your chance of influencing the judge by the strength of your argument. Here you have the capacity to be, on the one hand, objective, to look at the evidence dispassionately. On the other hand, you have to see things clearly from the child's point of view, and not just for now, but for the duration of their childhood, in order to recognise what's best for them. When given evidence and being cross-examined, Sometimes even professionals fall into the trap of being argumentative with the person cross-examining them. In my opinion, that is invariably a mistake, and there are several reasons why I say so. Firstly, because you are there to give evidence in support of your case. Arguing and becoming irritated does not present you in a positive light. Secondly, because when you argue and become annoyed, you lose control and your ability to listen, think and respond in in an intelligent and convincing way. Thirdly, people who have confidence in their knowledge, skills and ability to explain their actions and views do not tend to become angry because they are confident and persuasive. Fourthly, what it is vital to recognise is that the judge is weighing or sizing you up all the time. She or he is not just listening to what you are saying, They are judging your attitude, body language, as well as the overall consistency to see if you are someone whose character and evidence can be relied upon. So if you want to be persuasive, you can't just answer the questions. You have to consider every aspect of your presentation and ensure total congruency between what you say, the way you say it, and the consistency with your previous evidence and the evidence within the court bundle. If you want to be persuasive, you have to present throughout as someone who stands out from the crowd. That means you do things, or at least certain things, differently from the vast majority of people who give evidence at court. So what am I talking about? I will list the most important things that come to mind below. You have to know the case exceptionally well. 
Don't just read it once and take occasional notes. Go through the evidence with the scrutiny of a scientist, seeking to discover or bring to light information that has up to this point remained in the shadows. When you do this, you will, you will likely not only unearth new evidence, but your diligence will enhance your confidence and ability to argue cogently. Treat the court bundle as a list of documents that contains hidden gems or precious jewellery somewhere within it, because in a sense it does. Hidden inside the court bundle is the information you need to answer the questions posed by the case. But these gems are not covered with neon light or luster. You have to tease them out by asking questions which expose their significance or their value. I, I know, I know, you're thinking that plowing through um, hundreds of pages of evidence within the court bundle hardly instills you with a sense of excitement. But that's not the right attitude to have. If you approach this, this work with that attitude, you're likely to miss something which could be of crucial importance to the conclusion of the case. It is easy to become dated when you have done this work for a long time, are simply tired, and us or are simply tired, but it's essential to keep constantly in mind that you are dealing with a child's life. When you read the documents and start making notes, you will find that there are similar or common threads of evidence that emerge. These common threads are significant because they represent evidence of recurring patterns or behaviour, and since we are all creatures of habit, it is pretty safe to assume and argue that if something has happened on a number of occasions, that it is that it is likely to happen again in the future, unless consistent efforts are or have been made to change behaviour. As touched upon above, it's crucial that you adopt a good attitude throughout your involvement in the case and your time in the witness box. Having a good attitude is vital for several reasons when given evidence. Think about it this way. Judges see lots of witnesses, the vast majority of whom display a poor attitude, which is immediately apparent from their demeanour, body language and verbal responses. Just imagine what it's like listening to people who are argumentative, sour or embittered all day long. How much more attractive is it to listen to someone who behaves in a, in a pleasant manner, is balanced and has taken the time to really think about their responses, such that they are in the child's best interest and are consistent with the evidence in the court bundle. People who are persuasive can argue their case confidently. They do not argue as such. They merely present their case in, ca in a calm, eloquent manner. They do not need to become angry, even when provoked by, a cross by those cross-examining them, because they are sufficiently competent at, at answering the questions and in maintaining control of their emotional state. Persuasive witnesses are reliable witnesses. They are witnesses whose character can be relied upon. They are honest as opposed to being prone to being deceitful. This does not mean that they are perfect at all, but it means that they are considered to be honest and, and accepting of their responsibility instead of trying to, trying to lay the blame elsewhere. When people are accepting of their responsibilities, they don't tend to try to blame or criticise others because there's no need to. If you want to be seen as persuasive, you never need to criticise others. Leave criticising to other people, even when they may be critical of you. In fact, I would suggest you begin to view criticism as a sign of weakness in terms of an individual's ability to influence others. You never need to criticise others, even if your evidence opposes theirs. 
Instead, you can simply explain why and in what ways your insights and conclusions differ from, from others. Whilst doing so, find something you consider to be praiseworthy about them. Now, why have I made such a suggestion? Won't it sound strange to praise someone who is from another party or not in agreement with you? Maybe it feels this way because you're not used to praising someone you disagree with about other matters. But whether this is true or not, finding something to praise about the other party is really helpful. And why is that? Well, for one thing, if you do this, you will stand out because the vast majority of people never do this. They present as if they would rather die than say anything good or positive about you. If you can do this, it signifies to the judge that you have the capacity to be balanced, fear, and not so bitter or obsessed with what you want that you are unable to see the positive sides in others. Apart from standing out as a breath of fresh air, behaving in this way will make the other party's evidence appear less, about, appear less balanced. And doing so also makes it generally more difficult for those cross-examining you to discredit you. In addition, if whilst having praised the other party or, or parties, you have taken the time to understand where they are coming from and explained your, your awareness of this in your evidence, it places the quality of your evidence far above those of the other parties, since you have taken the time to listen and understand them, whilst at the same time being clear about why your evidence remains in the best interest of the child concerned. Whenever you are giving evidence and have an opportunity to use statistics or to express your evidence using figures or percentages, it is helpful to do so. Let me give you an example. Suppose you have made arrangements for a child to have contact with a parent, and out of the 30 possible contact visits, the parent has only attended 10 times. And this gives a very clear picture of that parent's commitment to contact with their child, unless there are very good reasons why the parent has failed to attend. It's persuasive evidence when you can say that the parent's at attendance rate is 33%. It is also very useful to use statistics when looking at the number of times the parent has turned up late or arrived presenting in an, in an inappropriate state. Another significant point I should mention relates to the need to be consistent. You will not present in a persuasive manner if the evidence you give is not consistent with the other evidence you have given to the, given the court. You have to be totally consistent. What faith would you have in anyone whose evidence was inconsistent? One of the easiest and most effective ways to discredit another is to highlight their inconsistency and lack of congruency. People who are consistent are viewed as reliable. You can stand, you can, you can count on them. Their evidence is sound and consistently supported by the evidence in the case. The final point to make is to present your evidence with enthusiasm. Speak up in an even tone so that the judge can hear you and where possible smile and maintain a great attitude throughout. Think about it. How much more pleasant is it for a judge to see and listen to someone who is enthusiastic and displays a please, displays this pleasing social graces than to listen to someone droning in, droning on in a monotone and unresponsive manner. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and have gained a deeper insight into the factors you can use to become more persuasive. Until next time. Thank you.